Hey guys, it's Toby Morrison from CFS Health and I'm so excited and chuffed to have Carly Warson on the other end. Hey Carly. Hi. Hey, thanks for jumping on and doing this interview with us. We go back a long way and it's pretty special to be able to do this interview. How many years ago was it that we worked together? I think it was you were young. maybe 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Well, over a decade. For anyone who doesn't know, obviously we help people with chronic fatigue syndrome and other chronic illnesses, but this whole interview is all about, Carly, your journey and where you were and what you were like before and where you're at now. I'm just so proud of you and you know that, like I'm always messaging you. <laughs> uh, Carly's got an amazing business that she's super passionate about and she's supporting women all around the world with, literally. And we can talk about that later. I think it's just so brilliant what you're doing. And if we look back 12 years ago to where you are now, it's pretty damn phenomenal. Um, and so I want to share that story with everyone else because there is so many people out there, especially um, young women, um, teenagers, people going through school and university uh, who are going through something like chronic fatigue syndrome. Carly and I have had chats like this over dinner. Um, we've become friends over the years because um, you're one of my first um, clients in terms of when I was doing one-on-one -on -one, um, uh, work, you were probably one of my first 150 people that I worked with. It was a long time ago. And now, obviously, we've got the online recovery program. We're helping people in 51 countries, and it's just reached a whole nother level. But back then, let's start with kind of how it all came about. You were studying. You were year 12, weren't you, I think, at the time? Yeah, I was in year 12. I just started year 12, so I was 17. I got sick with a cold which when you're 17, you're invincible, like whatever. Mm. So I kept studying, kept going to 18th, just kept living life. And then that kind of turned into the flu, which turned into laryngitis, which never really went away. So I just kept pushing myself. At that point in my life, I had no reason not to. Like I completely thought I was invincible and really just completely ignored my body and just totally drove myself into the ground and ended up not finishing year 12. It was quite an amazing turnaround. I first got sick in April of my final year of school. And by October exams, I couldn't really get off the couch. I could barely talk. I couldn't wash my own hair to get from my bedroom to the couch, which was what I would do every day. That was the activity. There was nothing more. So in those six months, I went from living a full and rich life to literally being couch bound and not being able to finish school, not being able to go to 18ths, drive around with everyone, go on holidays after finishing. Sad time in life to miss out on. Yeah. Were you a perfectionist back then? Total perfectionist. Yeah. And I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people with chronic fatigue because a lot of the time there's a similar personality type. But yes, total perfectionist. Everything in life had gone my way up until that point that I had lived a good life and anything that I worked towards, I achieved because when you're young and you work hard, mm. there weren't that many barriers. Mm. So this was quite a, a big shock for me and a, a really big awakening to actually be in a position where I had no control. Yeah. You're from a quite a high achieving kind of family. Like I feel like, you know, your parents are, 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 are brilliant individuals who just want to get the best out of themselves and your whole family like that. But I remember seeing that in you as well, just with your, your academic side of things. You're super smart, super switched on. And I always say to people, most people that come and see us are usually really gifted in one or a few areas, whether it's academia, sport, arts and yeah i wanted to bring that because i think that so many people were watching just going oh my god that's me too i was just like a type a perfectionist high achiever it has to be the best basically 
Well, I think that's the difference between a lot of the time the people that develop chronic fatigue and those that don't. It's that intensity and that all or nothing attitude, which you learn throughout the journey is something that you need to let go of a little bit. And there are some amazing life lessons in recovery. But yeah, that's, that's the kind of people that get it. If I didn't have that personality type, yeah, I probably would have pulled back a bit at school when I started feeling sick. I might not have kept going out. I just would have taken it easy. But I was like, no, I can do everything. I can still do all my accelerated classes. I can still study for my exams. I can still do it all. Why not? What kind of symptoms would you, were you experiencing back then? Obviously, you were super exhausted. You couldn't do much. Muscle decondition, brain fog, anything. Yeah. Yeah. So all, everything's heightened. Obviously, I was in year 12 studying for exams. I needed my brain more than ever. And my brain was beyond foggy. And I think that's when I first realized that I had chronic fatigue, I could barely focus and barely study. I could barely go for a walk. And up until that point, I was super active. I played every sport. I also had lost my voice. And that was my reoccurring symptom throughout my six years of chronic fatigue. I would lose my voice whenever I got run down. But at the beginning, I I couldn't talk for three months. Like I remember someone asking me to the school formal with a little poster saying, will you go with me? Yes, no. And I like circled. (laughs) I couldn't talk. Yeah, it became like a a bit of a joke, but it was hard because that was my symptom. So when I got tired, I just couldn't talk. Mm. When I met you, you'd lost a lot of weight as well, didn't you? I actually put on a lot of weight, which is I know rare. Okay. The opposite. I put on like 10 kilos. It's funny. A lot of women gain weight through the chronic fatigue syndrome and the common question comes to me is like how do I lose this weight you lost the weight as you got better yeah it just came off naturally I was honestly eating to make myself happy like I just had nothing else in my day to look forward to other than food Mm. I also became obsessed with eating because I felt like it was my only controllable energy source Mm -hmm. which sounds crazy but I was like okay the only thing I can do to get energy is food if I don't have food I'm going to be low in energy and I became obsessed with eating and what time I would eat I just felt like it gave me some little sense of control. And even now I still carry around snacks because I've got this fear of being hungry. <laughs> but the weight is the symptom. It's not Correct. the issue. And so you don't need to focus about losing the weight because it's why you're eating that's the issue. It honestly just dropped off completely naturally and I've been the same weight ever since. But yeah, don't worry about the weight. Worry about why you're eating. And also just getting healthy. But one of the things I say to my guys is like, Focus on your health and naturally you will get to your healthy weight because you won't be overly stressed. Your system won't be adding on inflammation and, and basically storing fat as a way of protecting, as a protection mechanism if you look in the olden days. So it's good advice. So do, do you remember who you got diagnosed by? Yeah, I, I actually diagnosed myself. I feel like I was lucky in that, probably lucky and unlucky, but I... I'd say, I got to interrupt for one second though. Your parents are very resourceful people in the sense that they're not people who would ever give up, which is a blessing and a curse. How many people do you reckon you saw before you came to the conclusion that it was chronic fatigue syndrome? So when I first got sick, like after about a month of feeling not myself, I went to my GP who said, just rest, which is the worst advice ever. So I literally didn't move for a week and I felt even worse. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had known some people that had had chronic fatigue and I just went to my mum and said, I've got chronic fatigue. I just know I do. (laughs) I'm saying this because it was a blessing in some senses, but it was a curse in other ways because I became so fixated on that that I just fell into it. You were pretty bad at that stage. It wasn't like it was just mildly fatigued. You were pretty cruel, but... 
Not many yeah. people know anyone else in their circle that had chronic mm-hmm. fatigue syndrome. And so in a way, you were kind of lucky because yeah, yeah, yeah. watching this right now, for, for the first time ever, they're hearing a story that they've never heard before. Imagine being crook for 10 years, being sick with chronic fatigue syndrome for 10 years or five or whatever, one, and yeah. never ever hearing a story of, oh my God, that's me. That's what I experienced. And that's pretty powerful. But the fact that you got on it within a month is just, that's it awesome. was, Yeah, it was pretty soon. And then I yeah went to see a few doctors, but there's nothing medically, at least back then, that anyone could tell me. So even though I had got the diagnosis and seen the right people, I was felt completely alone. I had no advice about how to recover and I literally did all the wrong things Mm. up until a few other things that I did later on to help me. But for about eight months, I was just literally resting on the couch because I thought that's what I needed to do to get better. And these expert doctors weren't telling me otherwise. And if I had come into contact with the right people, then it could have been a very different story. So I I can imagine the experience of not being diagnosed early would be really frustrating and you'd feel like you're going crazy and you're making it up. But on the other hand, being diagnosed, I just felt still completely alone and had Mm -hmm. no idea what to do. Oh my God. You just said so many things I want to talk about. This is why I wanted to get you on the call because it's so good. You've got such great awareness. This is what drove me to start helping people in the whole first place was exactly the experience you just spoke about. And there are people who 10 years it's taken to get a diagnosis sometimes longer and being told there's nothing wrong with you it's all in your head or sweat it out or rest and this is the problem this is what i always say to everyone you said if i knew what to do in the right way it would have been a quicker story probably it would have been you will have seen with the people you help from the time that you help them to the time that they recover Mm. imagine if you'd come on board earlier try and tell people but it's so hard for someone who's been sick for 10 or 20 years to know that it's possible. And Carly, we spoke probably a year ago and I was telling you about some of our clients who are doing really well now. And I said, what would you tell someone if you could tell them anything and they're going through chronic fatigue syndrome? I don't know if you remember this, but you said to me, I would tell them to know that recovery is possible. You spent years believing that it wasn't possible. And it almost got in the way of you getting better faster because you just didn't believe it was even possible. And so when you finally realized, oh, I can make progress and I'm starting to get better, that's when kind of the momentum built and you kind of went all in. We worked together for probably a year. And then after you recovered, we still trained. We worked together just on life and physical training. Yeah. And But I think that's a powerful thing is like some people here have been struggling for 20 years or 10 years or whatever and thinking that this is just the way it is and there's no way I can get better and da 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 because probably someone told them that was the truth which is just an opinion not fact you know so you went to a specialist they diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and like you said you just felt totally hopeless helpless there was nothing online social media like I'd only gotten Facebook the year before so like this whole network being able to connect with people was really new. So there weren't really many resources aside from like your traditional GPs and specialists. I suffered silently at home for months, Mm. which felt like years. You can't describe how long a day felt. Mm. I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I couldn't literally do anything for months and months while the rest of my friends finished school and lived life. And it was devastating, especially considering before that I thought the world was at my fingertips I was young and naive and didn't realize that 
it, I, it wouldn't turn out that way. So it was a really devastating time. And also, I think at the age of 18, you don't have that much self-awareness. Well, as much as I have now, you're still figuring yourself out. Yeah. Missing out on life was a really big deal, as I'm sure it is at any age. What was it like for you? And I can't imagine your parents pressuring you, but was there a sense of guilt within the family and within yourself? And how did your parents feel? I can only imagine the stress that your family went through as well. Yeah, it puts a huge strain on the family. They live it with you and they're the only ones that really see it because when you do go out and you engage with the world and with friends, you're your best version and it's maybe an hour of 24 hours. So they're really the only ones that see you raw Mm. and every single family member, I have two sisters, every single family member lived it with me and played a different role. And it was sometimes really sad and really hard and sometimes really frustrating and angry. I was angry. My parents obviously would do anything for me but at times I think they felt frustrated and were like, well, why can't you just do this? Or how are you not better? You yeah. know, I would lash out at them and they would lash out at me. And we, prior to that, were very civil, had never really had any tension or anything before. So yeah. it was a roller coaster, but it was very emotional and yeah, frustrating for everyone. It's hard to express, and especially at that age, how devastating something like that is on, on you. Oh, yeah. And I think for most of the day, I would just carry it and be okay. And then sometimes in the middle of the night, I would just be so overwhelmed with sadness and anxiety. I would just burst into my parents' room hysterically crying. There was just no release and no way of expressing how devastating it was. Yeah, it was brutal on the whole family. Especially when you don't have help and hope. And I know this change, you're about to talk about this part, this change for you. You know, I remember when I sometimes spoke to your parents throughout the journey of working with you and, and your mom, a bit of a worry war. And funnily enough, now she's gone on to study counselling so she can help other mothers who are going through the experience with the family, which I think is brilliant. She's going to be so amazing. We're going to get her to speak inside our program eventually as well, because we've got a fair few mums in there helping their kids. But yeah, it's such a catch-22. Like sometimes the love and support is so good, but then sometimes their drive for you to get better puts this kind of unnecessary pressure on top of you that you don't need because you've already got enough pressure as it is. And we have to to let go of that. And that can take time. But I feel like there was a turning point for you when we were working together where it almost went from your parents helping you to then you helping yourself and you stepped into this looking after yourself responsibility as well. There was a point in that where you could, you needed the help initially, but then it just turned into now I'm taking charge of it and I'm all good. Thanks, mum and dad. I'll look after myself. And that was like a stepping stone back to you getting your life back, basically. I actually remember that exact moment. I'd had chronic fatigue for four years and I'd gone like this up and down, a little bit up, a little bit down, but like hovering around this line. Mm. And I couldn't get to a point where I could fully live life. I was at uni part-time. I could socialize part-time. I wasn't on the couch anymore, but I was hovering this line of just not really engaged in life still. I remember it was February going, do you know what? I'd rather not live another day than live one more day like this. And I had never felt that way before. I'd been so encompassed in fear that it literally felt like a cloak that I was wearing every day. I felt so scared And I felt so fearful of being tired that everything I did, every decision that I made had so much anxiety that it would be exhausting. Mm. But if I go to dinner, I'm going to be too tired to do this tomorrow. And then I won't be able to go to uni on Monday. And it was just 
such an exhausting way to live. I had so much fear and I feel like that's why there was so much tension with everyone around me. We were all feeling that fear and that energy of how are we going to do this? How are we going to do another day? And I remember that moment going, I'm done. I'm dropping this cloak and I'm leaving it behind. I just don't care anymore. I had zero fear and I like just stepped into the world and within a year regained my entire life. Like it was insane, but it was literally the fear. And obviously I had the right support network around me and I was doing the right training and I didn't go from zero to a hundred overnight. I took steps towards it, but yeah, that moment, I don't know if it was a balance of yeah maturity and I had just started training with you and having the right support network, but there was just something that clicked that went, so what? Like I'm, I'm trying to preserve energy and maybe I won't feel so tired if I don't do this and this, but who cares what to live this kind of life? What's the point? Mm. Go hard or go home here, take control. And you guys at home, it wasn't go hard as in push yourself beyond your limits. No, 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 no. I'm all in mentally. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I'm committed to this mentally. I'm not a go hard or go home. <laughs> no. And this is perfect because we talk about this in this program too. Basically, there's two phases. You get to a point where you improve a little bit and you progress. But then you're at that kind of plateau level, five out of 10, maybe three out of 10, four out of 10. For some people, they get there and think that's it, which... We teach it's not it. That's just one level. No way. And as you get better in, in life, there's multiple levels. And then you live life. And then when you're living life, there's multiple levels too. You add in relationships, you add in business. And there's another level to that. And now yeah. for you, I'm sure right now, there's a whole nother level to that. And so it never stops. But you got to that point where there was a whole nother level. And basically, we call this integrating back into life. And I'm so glad that you said that over the next year, that's when it happened. It wasn't like an instantaneous overnight. It was doing the right things at the right time and yeah. then progressing with that. And yeah, I remember you starting work at, at your dad's company, I think was your first, was that your first job or was that your second job? I can't remember. I worked throughout chronic fatigue, but when I started working on my business, I worked part-time for my dad. That's right. And then you started Fold Swim, which is now called Form and fold. Form and fold, yeah. But yeah, let's go back a bit. I'm getting a bit excited here, but let's go back to when you were about to say there was a program basically. So you were lost, oh, yeah. you had no hope, you had no help, your parents were scrambling, trying every freaking thing under the sun like we all do. I was on like ADD tablets, antidepressants. I was on like any kind of medication yeah. that I didn't need so it made me feel weird just to try and regain control, just to do something. It's not your fault either. That's the crazy part. Yeah. You'll do anything. I was just talking this morning. We had a client years ago, uh, actually only a year after you, she was on 50 tablets a day. Oh, 50. Yeah, I think I was on 48. I would count every morning. There was like oh, wow. supplements and yeah. yeah, made no sense. And this is what I want to say too, because so many people when they join our program, they're like, can you tell me the right supplement to take? And how many supplements should I take? And I say... Look, we're not against supplements. You can supplement, but it is just a supplement. It's supplementing your yeah. life. And and you got this. When we started working together, things changed. And it was going from focusing on everything outside of me that can help me versus what can I do within the 24 hours that I have to help me, which is actually going to make the biggest impact. And yeah, sure, yeah. I can take the supplement or the medication if it is helpful and useful. But there was a shift and there always is a shift with everyone that we work with. I've never ever met anyone who has recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome and says, Toby, it was that supplement that guy gave me and it never. No, it's a balance. And I think that's the biggest lesson you learn is often you get chronic fatigue because you're unbalanced and you have to regain your balance. And only when you do, can you be free of it? But it's a lifelong lesson. It's not one thing 
just like any success story in life. It's not just one thing. It's mm. cumulative and it's a combination and it's timing and it's everything. But right thing at the right you time. just need it. You, the, the, the principles to recovery are the same principles to living a good life. Like you just need to be healthy and balanced and fueling yourself in many ways. Post-recovery, I still bring myself back to those principles whenever I'm feeling really exhausted or really overworked. I've learned this lesson. I know I need to be balanced. I know I need to eat well. I need to sleep well, exercise, see mm. my friends, work. Just balance. There's no one thing. Mm, exactly. But that's called health. The reason why I started all this so many years ago, and we worked on this when we were together, it was so easy for the doctor to say, oh, just eat well, sleep well, and rest or move your body. And it's like, how do I move my body? There was no practical guidelines. So you almost have to start on the minute level to really embed those big changes that are so important, but on a small level, because that's where you're at. And then from there we build and it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're one out of 10 or a seven out of 10, those fundamental changes are really what's necessary. Your journey yeah. into kind of realizing that there are things that you can do for yourself. What was that like? Yeah, we discovered this program and it was a live-in program for a month. We lived at this hotel and there were varying activities, hydrotherapy, meditation, counseling, a whole variety of things. But you're with a group of people who had chronic fatigue, which was really amazing because it was the first time that it actually felt, oh, I'm not alone in this. And mm. you know, there are other people and understood. And that was a really great experience in that regard so I got sick in April this was the following February so not hadn't even been a year yet and I went into that barely being able to move or talk and I think the idea behind that was just like a boot camp to kickstart the body to go look you can do it you're going to live through it and it wasn't anything crazy it was just some hydrotherapy with 90 year olds in the next lane like it wasn't <laughs> we weren't playing a basketball game it was just getting you moving actually remember at that point, I remember getting out of the hydrotherapy pool and the 90 year olds were overtaking me on the way to the change rooms. And I was like, I'm like going to be Benjamin Buttoning. Like I'm like starting like a 90 year old and I'm hopefully just going to get younger because <laughs> it can't get much worse than this. This is so sad. I'm being overtaken by 90 year olds. Uh... So yeah, I did that program and I finished that and it got me to the point where I could talk and get off the couch. It was supposed to be my first year of uni, but I, I didn't go. I got a few part-time jobs. I worked maximum three-hour shifts and that would be it for the day. Couldn't do anything other than that. Mm. Could go out for dinner, but not really. So that year was basically just, I just existed. And then the following year, I started uni, which was so hard. I started architecture with a bunch of people really driven and really hardworking and it's a really intense degree. Mm. And I just completely collapsed I couldn't understand how I could do something half I gave it everything and I couldn't give myself anything because I was giving it all to my studies so I couldn't really recover I was just working myself into the ground it was like the person that got chronic fatigue was still that person who completely overworked and had no regard for balance by the end of that year I was a complete mess and my parents were so scared they thought we've got this 20 year old daughter who we thought had everything going for her and she can't move. It had been three years at that point and they thought, what the hell do we do? What do we actually do? The program that I went to had closed down. There was nothing out there. And that is when we met you. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna be hearing. <laughs> you made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that summer, while my friends were off in Thailand having the time of their lives, I basically spent the summer rehabilitating. You taught me how to skateboard. I taught you how to cook. I taught you how to skateboard. So back then, how I started this was working one-on-one with people. You got the real life version. Yeah, the six foot six version. So back then I'd work really closely one-on-one with uh, a bunch of clients at the time. And sometimes I'd go to their houses. And so I used to come to your house. We'd train, we'd do uh, reconditioning sometimes in the morning. Sometimes I think we even did a week where it was quite intensive and I taught you how to cook. You didn't know how to eat proper food. So I was like, you need to eat protein and carbohydrates. You need to refuel your body. And we had fun along the way. And, and this is the thing, even now, it's been what, 10 plus years now. And we teach fun in our program. You have to have fun throughout this journey and process. It can't be serious and strict all the time. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy it. And anything you don't enjoy is actually zapping energy from you. I think that was the difference. Over the course of those three years until I'd met you, I I forgot to mention, I had been working with someone as like an outpatient program, scheduling my life, which for someone who is so rigid and scheduled, like it just wasn't compatible with me and I think it it is compatible for a lot of people but I was like wearing a heart rate monitor following it to the T I couldn't deviate and eventually what I learned with my recovery was I needed flexibility to be able to recover like being so rigid and only being able to survive within these crazy confines that I'd constructed that wasn't life having to eat at a certain time having to work for a certain time having to keep my heart rate at a certain level when I exercise it's a full-time job anything outside of those constructs I couldn't deal with because I only learned to survive within this rigidity and when I met you you were just like we'll just go outside and juggle I was like what you're like no no no, it's fine it'll be fine you're active and it was also at the right time like I wouldn't have been receptive to what you were telling me earlier than that because I'd been a certain way for so long I'd been rigid and structured for so long I I don't think I would have been open to it Mm -hmm. but when you came in you were like you're gonna learn to just live And whatever I throw at you, you'll deal with. And it's okay. So I'm going to take you into the gym and we're just going to do a workout and you're not going to look at your heart rate and you'll be okay. Mm. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And you helped me re-engage in just natural, organic life. Yeah. And I didn't have to fit into this structure and I just had to learn to adapt to what was thrown at me. But we did it appropriately. And this is the key. Yeah. (laughs) This is the key. People come to us from all around the world and they've got these logbooks and... I'm not against yeah. logging and tracking. And we even yeah. track, we have a tracker, a daily tracker for two to four weeks max. We do not track symptoms because again, it's exhausting and it's yeah. anxiety producing and it's zapping you of energy. We track nutrition, we track food intake and timing, and we track activity levels and how we feel overall. I'm not going to blow smoke up my own ass. That's what they say in Australia. But what I am really good at and what I was really good at when we worked together is knowing exactly the right amount for you. hundred percent. Exactly. You would sense where I was at and you would push me. And also the fact that you'd had chronic fatigue and recovered gave Mm. me confidence that you weren't just like leading me down this path. I think until that point, I'd seen it as a sickness. Mm. And so I'd felt like I was going to be sick forever. And I think what I see now even more so, but what I started to see back then was that I was actually rehabilitating my body. It's not that I was recovering from a sickness, I was recovering from an injury. Like my body was injured, just like when you break your leg. Mm. It had completely stopped functioning for whatever reason, Mm. and it didn't know how to restart. 
living trapped in this fear wasn't helping, resting wasn't helping. It needed to slowly learn how to re-engage in life and see that it was okay and not do too much that it would crash, mm. but do enough that it would say, oh, movement's good. Mm. Engaging in life is good. And then you'd go to the next step, just like you would with your leg. One day you're running a marathon, the next day it's broken. You're not going to expect to be running a marathon the day after that. You've got to rehabilitate it. And it's a process and there's an end but it's a process and you've just got to go through it. And sometimes your, your leg's going to feel shit and sometimes it's going to feel great, but you've just got to be sensible and just keep training. If you're too rigid, you've got no room to move and, and fluctuate with the fluctuations. Like you need to just yeah. be able to adapt. Yeah. So I think, yeah, shifting from that, I'm sick and I could be sick forever. You're not, your body's broken. <laughs> it broke for a reason and you're going to fix it. You just got to rehabilitate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah, we help our members shift from, illness identity to success identity and to healthy identity and moving into that and seeing it as something to look forward to versus I have to. One thing just on the micromanaging too, you've already got a full-time job just doing the work to get better, but to micromanage on top of that is just such a limiting thing to do in my belief. It's flexible. It has to be flexible because your days change. To be flexible. We can't live within a heart rate. I was like dizzy, like looking at this watch, walking, looking at the, that's not life. That's not learning how to re-engage in life. That's learning how to monitor my heart rate. That's not life. And yeah, exactly. Also, the heart rate will go up because you're so stressed about your heart rate, which is just hilarious. And the thing that everyone must know is you have to have a flexible approach in your recovery. And so when we talk about baseline, which is what I taught you, but we were just doing it. We weren't really talking about the, the frameworks. And this is the problem. This is why I'm good at what I'm doing because I have been through it. I get it. I can look at you and go, okay, this is where she's at. This is what she can do. This is what she can't do. And depending on her day, and there was many days where we actually didn't do any movement because it just wasn't the right thing to do. And some light stretching and some restorative stuff was better that day and going to enhance you faster then pushing beyond where you are at. And so for anyone at home watching this, this is why it's so imperative to have a flexible approach. And there's this such bad connotation to recovery because so many people are prescribed the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I'm not talking about medication. I'm talking about movement. I'm talking about doing life, progressing back into work, all that stuff. It's just wrongly prescribed. And when you can learn from people who get you and understand you, or you start to do it for yourself and you start to be the author of your journey and you start to tune in and go, okay, this is right for me. This is wrong for me. It's just very hard to do that when you're on your own and you've got people outside of you saying, Carly, you need to do this. Carly, you need to do that. No, do more, do less. You're just totally paralyzed and you were stuck for so long. And of course, I wasn't surprised that you were progressing because you were just doing the right things at the right time and you were becoming more relaxed about it and you enjoyed it. I taught you how to cook a steak. I couldn't believe you didn't know how to cook a steak, which is crazy. All these little things that you learned over the way and you applied, your life just started opening up again, which is just so cool. Yeah, is there any kind of things you want to add to that? When I had chronic fatigue, I remember I met up with someone who it was the first time I'd really spoken properly with someone who had chronic fatigue while I was going through it. And they were on the other side. And even seeing that, I was still like shocked, but that's not going to happen to me. Mm. She only had it for three years. I'm already three years in. Mm. And I felt like she was the most similar person I could find to me, but I still felt like I couldn't relate. And I remember her saying, I remember this so distinctly. She said, I'm on the other side now. And I learned so much. And it was such a great lesson. And I remember thinking, nothing is worth that lesson. I don't know what <laughs> lessons you've learned, 
but this cannot be worth it. There's just no way what I'm going through can be worth it. There can't be any happiness on the other side. It doesn't make sense. No one can suffer this much for something good at the end. Mm. Not possible. I, I just don't believe you. And now on the other side, <laughs> not that I would wish this on anyone, but the way you grow in life is through your experiences and what you can learn from them. And if everything remains stable and constant, life would be really boring. But unfortunately, with growth and change comes good and bad. And that was a really hard way to learn some really good life lessons. But I have come out the other side learning a lot. And I feel like the years I have now are going to be much better for it because I'm so much more self-aware I'm really grateful for my health and my mm. happiness. I was so thankful I had my health. Like I just thought I can leave the house and go for a walk. What more do you need? There was a time where I couldn't even leave the house. Like I couldn't get up off the, the couch. Mm. So I think it definitely gave me a different perspective. But also I live so much more consciously. I'm so conscious about balance. Mm. And I feel like I'm just going to live a much healthier, happier life because of it. Even though I suffered to get this. Mm. There, there are some good things on the other side I promise what I see in that just quickly before we round this up and you can share your last thoughts with everyone some some advice but what I see is when that girl was saying to you there's life on the other side and da 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 you weren't looking there you were still looking back at the old uh, life that you'd everything had lots exactly yeah. and this is what we help people when as soon as I get in the program the first six weeks is that is we need to let go of that because that is what's holding you back and when we shift yeah. from focusing on what we don't have to what we can do right now and what we want to move forwards to values and vision, which you naturally yeah. did over the last five, seven years, 10 years, really to what you created today, things start to shift and change. And it actually is a miracle. We see it in our program every day. Now, a lady from Germany, like just posted yesterday, she's like, oh my God, I just did my values and my vision. And I just feel so happy and content moving towards this life that I want to live. And what I see with you is what you just explained was perfect is you were still mourning the old you, what you wanted, what you didn't have, what you wish you could have that you didn't. And then comparing to someone who's got what you want, which is so funny, which is pushing you further away from that to finally yeah. jumping, eventually loosening that, letting go of that eventually, and then coming to the other side and, and then focusing on now building the new and leaning and entering into that and ultimately creating a whole new life brand new life for yourself, relationships, career, study, business, and the future forward thinking is in that way. And it was cool that you painted that picture. For any skiers out there, this is, this is a good analogy, but when you ski, when you're scared, you lean back and whatever bumps come up, you're likely to fall because you're not balanced. And it's, real, it's a really tiring way to ski. And right. yeah, you fall a lot. And as soon as you lean forwards, you get momentum and you're like, you're in a much better stance and whatever you encounter, you can go over better. Mm. And I literally feel like for the first three or four years, I was just leaning back. I was like, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. And so whatever came at me, I would just fall backwards over. Mm. And then that moment where I was like, I'm taking control. I have no fear. I just leant forwards and sped down the run. It's so counterintuitive to put your body weight forwards and to lean down a mountain when you're going fast, it's but it scary. is the only thing it's that's going to get you there. Like it is so scary, but it's actually the opposite because it's what you need. Leaning yeah. back's not helping. <laughs> 
No, leading back's keeping you stuck. And every new level, there's a new devil. There's a new challenge that arises. And it's like, now I've got to focus on this. This is why we have a whole mindset component dedicated inside our program, because it takes work. It's not an overnight thing. Oh, like, yeah. You put oh, in the work. Yeah. It wasn't an overnight work. decision. It was years of work. We coach together all the time. We used to see each other twice a week for a couple of years almost. I yeah. think. Well, see, my journey was six years. It yeah. was so much work. Yeah, exactly. But it was great work and it was progressive work and it was the mindset stuff and the body stuff and the nutrition stuff and and the progressing stuff and just doing the right things at the right time. And the analogy is actually perfect. And that's what we teach is helping people let go of that stuckness. We have a weekly coaching session inside our monthly group calls. And the week two is about getting unstuck for the month. Any obstacles are coming up in the way for this month, let's have a look at them, let's let them go and then let's move forwards and we've got a plan, which is really cool. But yeah, I like that idea actually. It's cool. And it's funny because most people, and especially I see it in our program is like, the more aware you can become of it and you can realize the difference between skiing down the mountain and with confidence or leaning back, the more aware, the, the faster you can pick it up and realize, oh, actually I'm doing that. That doesn't serve me anymore. I'll move forward. <laughs> is it hindering me or helping me? <laughs> get momentum yeah yeah that's brilliant to wrap it up carly two things the first question is what would you say to someone struggling they're watching this video probably for the first time they've never met someone who's so bubbly and who gives great advice and who's been through what they're going through what would you like to say to them two things and i've touched on both of these but the first is the fear Your situation is not changing. The only thing that changes is how you approach it. The day is going to be the same, no matter how you feel. So if you can actually just let go of that fear and decide the life I'm living is not worth the fear. What am I holding on to? What am I so scared to move forward? Why am I so scared to be tired? This isn't a good baseline anyway. Letting go of that fear and just going, I'm going to step into the day open-minded And without that fear, the day can actually change then. But if you're stepping into it covered in fear, this is going to be the same day. I don't know why I held on to that for so long, why I was so scared. What was I holding on to? This like terrible life that wasn't serving me in any way. So just let go of it. And that doesn't mean to go out to a nightclub or play a (laughs) game of football. It's your mindset. It's just be ready to take a small little step. Well, there's a difference. And I think even on a deeper level, what you're saying is, and we have this in our program too, where someone comes in, oh my God, I'm scared of getting better or what do I do? And and it's like stepping into the day, doing what's appropriate or half stepping into the day and not really doing anything that's useful and enhanceful for your life. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. The other thing is any movement is better than no movement. I just literally spent too much time on the couch and I'm still reconditioning my body. I'm very active in life, but there are certain muscles that just completely deconditioned because I was inactive for so long. Yeah. And I was literally at the physio the other day and there was a poster on the wall that said, any exercise, any activity is better than no activity. Just get up and move. I don't know why it's this counterintuitive thing because you're tired and fatigued. You feel like you need to rest and you do need to rest, but you also need to move and tell your body that it's okay to move. Because if you don't do something, your body is going to start to fear it and feel like that's not normal. Mm. So just get up, engage in life and show your body that that's okay. It's okay to move. Do Mm. not show it that it's okay to lie on the couch all day because it's not. Mm. That cannot be what your body feels safe doing. That's not life. My body just didn't know how to do anything else. And guys, I'm going to add to this just quickly. If you're 
fully in bed all the time and you're totally exhausted and you have symptoms and you're sleeping 15 hours a day and you're just bed bound. What she's saying and what I say is if you can't go outside or you can't go downstairs, sit up, go to the toilet, sit up, lie back down, sit up. We've got one lady at the moment. She was the same. She was super stuck and she wasn't progressing at all. And we reached out and I was like, what's going on? And she's like, I'm just not getting better. I'm resting all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, same equals same and change equals change. So I said, what I want you to do is do what you can. And if that means you just sit up out of bed uh, once a, a day or, or every second hour or whatever to eat your meal, um, it might mean sitting up on the edge of the bed and putting your feet on the floor and walking around a little bit or whatever you can do that feels appropriate for you, do that. And it's funny, we checked in a month later, she literally messaged me. She's like, Toby, I'm feeling better and better every day. I'm getting more energy. It's not rocket science, but it is hard. It's hard to do it on your own because you oh, don't know oh what to, to do. It's so hard and the decisions are so exhausting when you're on your own. Do I do this? Do I get up? How many times should I get up? Should I go downstairs? There are so many decisions, but if you just think, okay, my body used to do this. It needs to learn to do it again. I can't teach it that lying in bed all day is normal. It needs to get used to this. I'll just get up. Okay, that was all right. And the next day I'll get up a few more times. Like it's just retraining your body it's forgotten how to live. You just got to retrain it slowly. Yeah. When did we catch up last time properly? Was it the snow, wasn't it? Because I just started snowboarding. So I totally sucked. And you were like, you'll be fine. Go. And you guys were like flying down the mountains. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. It's so scary. <laughs> just want to paint a picture for people who are thinking, what does Carly do now? You've traveled the world. You lived in London for how long were you over in London? A year. And you've started a phenomenal business. And this is what I want to finish with. You've started a phenomenal business. And can you tell everyone what Form and Fold is? Totally. This has nothing to do with chronic fatigue. No, but it's exciting. And, I, and like I said, we help people get their lives back and then go and do what they love. And yeah. I think that what you and your friend have created is incredible. Yeah. So this was literally just at the end of my recovery it was like a transitional period where I wasn't sure what I was going to do next in my life but me and my friend came up with a business idea and we found a gap in the market so we have a swimwear brand for a niche group of women with a d plus cup size yeah it's been an interesting journey and so many lessons from chronic fatigue I have applied to this experience as well because wow. yeah. life throws challenges at you all the time and it's the same philosophies, just got to keep your balance because yeah. it can get exhausting. Yeah, it's tough work. How many countries is, has your swimwear been shipped to? Do you know? Oh, everywhere, like Estonia. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of the most random, like literally everywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. This is not a plug at all, but if you do have larger breasts and you want really nice swimming no i'm serious i was in noosa i'm sorry anyone if toby's come up to you on the beach and like <laughs> I, I, the funniest thing <laughs> i'm so proud of all my clients past and present and all my friends as well i think what carly's created is actually absolutely beautiful like it's beautiful fashion and i was at the beach surfing and i remember seeing this girl she was wearing this like really nice fabric and i could tell from 500 meters away i'm like i think that's form and fold i think that's carly's swimwear and I was walking past her I was like is that the form on the phone she's like yeah and I'm like oh my god that's my friend's business she and she's like oh my gosh tell her I love it it's the best thank you so much for doing this interview if, thanks for your help yeah my pleasure of course there's people here who have been wanting to join our program for a long time watching every single video on YouTube Instagram Facebook whatever but they're hesitant what 
would you say to them? As I said before, your life's going to continue on whether or not you partake. You've got nothing to lose by stepping in and actually taking some control back and giving it a go. I really believe in you. I've been through your a program with you mm. and it's the only thing that worked for me. So yeah, there, there's, t- there's seriously nothing to lose. Like I have to say this, it's the only thing that worked, but it's the work that you did for yourself. Yeah. Look, it's a combination of things, right? Time in my life that you came in, but I really believe in your approach and you've been through chronic fatigue. You're not guessing. You actually understand the journey and everything that comes with it. So yeah, I I believe in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're walking proof and I'll say thank you, but I also just want to say that you did all the hard work. It wasn't me. It wasn't the program. It was you. And I say that to all our clients and we have such a brilliant program nowadays, but it's even better than it was back then, Carly. So I, I might have recovered quicker. <laughs> <laughs> we have an amazing mindset coach. We have weekly calls. We have accountability sessions. The coolest part is we have people in 51 countries all in a group sharing wins every single yeah. week. To see Carly living again, and you know, you have been for years now, but it's just really cool to see what you've done and, and what you're creating and what's next for you now with Form and Fold. What's, what's next? We've been live for four years now. So we're entering the next phase of growth and product development and where we go from here. Yeah. 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 Thanks for jumping on. It's been so valuable for the guys who have watched this. Leave a comment. Let us know below what was most valuable for you. What was your biggest insight? And yeah, if you're ready, then apply for the program and see if you're a good fit for it and hopefully speak to some of you soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Carly. Bye. Bye. Hey, I hope this video was really helpful for you. If you haven't already, please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment. What was your takeaway, your insight from today's video? It's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next. Or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight. 
and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.